All around her, people are dying, and only Rose knows why. You gotta come quick. You gotta come quick and get me. It's Rose. It's gotta be. Something's happened to Rose. Don't scream. Don't panic. He's dead. And the dead can't hurt the living rabbit. The Prime Minister was reluctant to officially declare a state of emergency. But as any citizen in the streets can tell you, martial law has come to Montreal. Shooting down the victims is as good a way of handling them as, as we have got. Stop! Stop! Shoot! Trust your mother, your best friend, the neighbor next door. One minute, they're perfectly normal. The next, rabid. Pray it doesn't happen to you. Rabid. intro this thing and then we'll and then we'll talk about the most important thing there is all right you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast that talks about a horror movie which we will spoil so beware and uh recently watched we will attempt to not spoil not a lot of promises from will on that one typically but uh um you know i promise are you, are you not loud enough i'm a little too loud yeah, me too. but i don't okay. know which one i am just turn them both down that sounds better. Now you're not like okay shouting into my ears. But I was shouting. <laughs> that had nothing to do with any of the volume knobs. Um, where were we? Uh, uh, Try not to spoil. Recently watched, mm-hmm. unless your name is Will. And um, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, you can find their music digitally on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy it. And say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Dash Rays now. All that stuff's out of the way so I can say, recently watched, Jolien, Godzilla, yes. go. This is the most important thing. <laughs> I will not spoil it. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 2019, Michael Doherty. Uh, on the bad side, 
really clunky, cliche characters and quips. There's a couple of a couple of those characters who, who are, I think they're supposed to be doing funny lines every now and then. Mm-hmm. I could have cut them out quite happily. I kind of cringed when they showed up on uh. screen, especially one of them. Um, but anyway, the monsters beautiful, amazing. Yeah. Loved them. Um, I didn't love the movie, but uh, they look great. There's, there's some awesome shots. Ah, but you didn't love the movie? No, because the like the human side of it was so uh, the dialogue was so bad, and the story Ooh. was uh, had some interesting ideas with the story and setting up the whole mythology and yeah, and the world building they're doing um, and setting up the next the, the showdown with Kong. Hmm. But uh, uh, and then and did a good job with uh, get, getting the uh, humans interacting with the monsters, which is always a problem with with these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just some of the some of the supporting cast performances and the, and the dialogue was horrible. But that, it's like it, I, I find with these like uh, legendary productions um, with uh, the they're basically a lot of their financing is coming from China, mm. and uh, so uh, I, I'm not sure how much of an input there is from that end of things. But you have this kind of uh, common denominator. Uh, characters yeah. that will appeal worldwide who don't and and thereby they don't seem like any anybody yeah <laughs> do you get do you understand that? sort of yeah. really homogenized yeah so they're not like any human you've ever met yeah so if you try to please everybody by making up a character you will please nobody and nobody will relate to yeah them. so you, you have these like characters who seem written by a committee that has seen humans in movies and and written them based on that Mm. rather than actual people that they know mm. um but uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna see it again definitely mm. uh the, our local uh the theater all went to see it they kind of screwed up the 3d for the first five minutes so it was just horrible mm. uh, but they do make good use of it in the movie when it when it kicked in it was really good so it didn't look like it was an afterthought no, no, they they make good use of uh, depth of field and like uh, seeing things through like uh, you get you get shots like through uh, glass and uh, or uh, uh, various viewing screens or uh, or going through uh, various uh, levels of uh, weather or oh, cool. um, you know setting up uh, you know distant shots of creatures with vessels in the foreground and so on. Uh, it wasn't like flinging yo-yos and things in your face but it, mm-hmm. was, it made nice use of it juggling apples popping yeah. popcorn <laughs> um, which i which i enjoy yeah uh but uh yeah and, and uh, uh so because of all the, these characters there's a, there's another movie um like uh, have you seen the meg uh not yet that's the giant shark movie right yeah with jason statham yeah, yeah. so that's another chinese co-production okay and uh, uh it's got really similar sort of characters in there and the similar sort of level of quips, yeah, supporting characters coming out with, uh, but that one is quite funny, but uh, but it just felt like the Meg for the first, you know, the opening act, mm-hmm. and then once like Godzilla does his proper entrance, and like they're using the the original Akira Fukube themes, they're mixing them into the soundtrack. Nice, uh, I was in. It's like, oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> this now, is awesome. For listeners who don't know this, uh, Jolian, you are a lifelong big fan of Godzilla. Yes. You are a G fan. <laughs> and you've uh, 
you've participated in some, not just some of the um, publications and some of the artwork that goes in them, but you've also been in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I was in the previous uh, American yes. Godzilla movie. Yeah. you were. My character is not in this new one. No. <laughs> so I think he didn't make it. I think the ra- he just didn't outrun the radiation in the first one. Okay, so running, screaming scientist number three. Yeah. Or whatever. His name was, uh, what was it, Okamoto? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Last seen running out of the entryway of uh, the Janjira complex as it yeah. goes up in uh, smoke and radiation <laughs> clouds. So, yeah, I fear for him. Uh, o- Omatsumoto, that was his name. Ah, well, that's awesome. <laughs> At least your character had a name. Yeah. yeah, yeah Hollywood name. whitewashing films again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Yeah, it really brings the spectacle. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, uh, but I really want to talk about it once people have seen it. Good. Uh, it's definitely made by a monster nerd. Mm-hmm. He also wants to do a King Kong where he goes back into uh, uh, prehistory and do a Harryhausen style Kong nice. movie. Uh, I'd like be up that. for that. Uh, there's tons of callbacks. Like um, there's so many bits and anything. Oh yeah, I know, that's from that. That's from that. That's from that. Um, I don't know if this spoils it. Uh, it, it doesn't, it not only mixes in things in the Godzilla franchise, but also the Gamera. It's very heavy in the 90s Gamera. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, I can't say more than that. Uh, also reminded me of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's, uh, there's this like a trio of monsters that have been matched up in several other Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, yeah, you've, you've got Godzilla as the good. And uh, the bad, you've got King Ghidra. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. all in the trailers. Yeah. You know, all this. And then uh, and the ugly, I don't want to give away, but uh, there's definitely this this other monster character who's like uh, that kind of, um, like like Eli Wallach, you know, he yeah. will land on whichever side is good for him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, they, they messed up the 3D presentation at first at this the, our local, the downtown theatre. Um, but what they're doing is um, they're still working on their 3D system, apparently. And the, they're also building in a 4D theater there. 4D? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what is the How f- does that work? <laughs> yeah. What, 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 so are they, what are they doing the to you? The movies are just really long. You really feel time. Well, I couldn't get much of an answer out of them, but they, they said uh, they, they all adjust temperatures and... smell a vision yeah, I said, well, I, I'm glad I couldn't smell that movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, um, this is like more of a, it's like the old Cinerama. There's, more, there's like multiple uh, angles, mm. screens. So it's more of a wraparound experience. Oh. Um, Cinemascope. Yeah. That was that, one that's of those idea. Yeah, that, that looks awesome if you see proper Cinemascope. I never have. Um, I understand it's really cool, though. Um, the more peripheral vision it fills, the more you feel like you're in it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I don't want to talk... Well, I do want to talk about it more, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before it, there were trailers for uh, It. Um, it wasn't called uh, part uh, the, the second half or anything. It was like the second chapter, I think, was the subtitle. Oh, okay. So I don't know if they're... <clears throat> are they stretching it's it to called three? called Shit. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was a good trailer. It, oh, okay. it, 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 it was like uh, one of those uh, James One style trailers where they play they play out a you know quite a chunk of a scene. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and it was quite creepy. Oh, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and they've got good 
you know adult matches for the kids. Yeah, although I hated the first one, I'm you really vaguely hated it. interested in seeing the second one. Yeah. Now, for any any uh, any dislike or misgivings, you got to get that out of the way while Ziggy's not here, because she is a big fan of it. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's fine. So. <laughs> Of course, you know maybe it, maybe she needs to be taken to task no, on, no, her, no. on her uh, on her likes. I'm not a big fan of uh, the Scream franchise, and she is. Yeah, and I'll, I'll ask her why she likes it. I'm not going to put her down. No, no. Liking it. I mean, guys, when, when I used to write for uh, Samhain magazine in in Britain, I used to go to the uh, the Scala a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, no matter what movie came up, um, you're talking to people. Uh, you know, the, the worst movie you've ever seen is always someone's favorite. Oh, yeah. So I, I learned pretty quickly, you know, you can't, you know, I, I God knows, I, I love some really stupid <laughs> stuff. But, uh, um, you know, there's always, always someone who likes some, you know, some most bizarre things. Well, we talked about, you know, we did a whole episode on so-called guilty pleasures. And uh, I, for one, don't believe in... Um, having a guilty pleasure. I think you like what you like and it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Um, there's some stuff I cannot wrap my brain around why people like it, but that's, I always figure that's their business and you know, why they don't like better things. That's, you know, what are you going to do? Um, you said that the creature design, uh, was clearly done by a, a monster nerd. Oh, yeah. and, and I will say they had like a nine or 10 12 foot tall model of the Godzilla monster at C2E2. Mm. One of the most amazing things that I ran into at C2E2. Yeah. One of. Wow. Yeah. I wish I'd seen that. Did you take photos? I did. In fact, I need to um I need to load those into the computer so I can do stuff with them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, he, uh, the director really pushed them to uh go back to the original design. Uh, at least as far as there's uh, a uh, there's certain features of the creature that change in the movie. He evolves, mm. uh, and uh, uh, he, he really, uh, instead of going in a really bizarre new direction, mm-hmm. he, he pushed them to to reflect the you know the fifties design. Oh, cool! So, yeah, well, that's I mean, good. All the creatures are really nicely done. Yeah, I mean, if you take the general shape of something but put put more detail on it, it's just going to look great. Yeah, something like that, because I noticed that with the model that they had, had really just minute detail. Yeah, like, like uh, you know, Rodan is, is, you know, you know this already. He comes out of volcanoes. This mm-hmm. kind of phoenix-like creature, which is based on a pteranodon. But um, that uh, they put a crust of like a, as if it was like volcanic. Oh, cool. Uh, matter on him. So. Oh, that's mm. great. Yeah. But, but otherwise, he just looks like the original. <laughs> uh, you the just original read... 19th century sculpture? Sculptor? <laughs> that's... that Rodin? <laughs> that's funny you would say <laughs> that, Will. <laughs> did he come out of a volcano? He did. Oh, that's wow. how he can, he can you know, turn metal with his hands. Oh, yeah. wow. And make, and make it so lifelike, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite moments, and it, it's funny you should make that joke, Will. Um, when I was in college, we went... To, uh, I want to say Gonzaga University, uh, to some library or museum hall that had uh, uh, pieces of Rodin's work that were um, owned by the college, but then they also had some visiting pieces. 
And it seemed like a lot of these young students that were maybe from small towns or whatever didn't know what to say in the presence of great art. And a lot of people were just standing and staring and no one was saying anything. And so uh, I broke the silence by saying, it's amazing how a huge Japanese monster bird could make such beautiful work. (laughs) (laughs) And what made it worse, a lot of people didn't get the joke. They didn't didn't, know what Rodan is. They didn't grow up with Godzilla movies and Rodan movies. They lost. Yeah. You know how nerdy this movie gets? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The... the, uh, uh, you know, you have Monarch, which is the, the institute for, you know, monitoring these creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have various bases positioned near where the creatures are hibernating. Yeah. And they're all outpost, whatever. All the outpost numbers, uh, the the number is reflects the date the original movie was released of that particular oh, creature. Man. And you That's noticed nerdy. it, so who's the <laughs> <Yeah>. nerd? <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm a nerd? <laughs> really? I'm shocked. Uh, and uh, uh, there's also uh, there's also nods to the thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love this. Oh yeah. There's, there's tons of stuff, and it. it's, it's just complete nerd out. Do you think there's stuff hidden that you didn't even notice? Oh yeah. So there's layers and layers. There, there's like there's there's those those shots like you get in the the previous films where they, they have like a big world map and they have various uh, locations of where things are happening. Mm-hmm. As you know, there's like tons of stuff hidden in there. Oh, I yeah. just caught like uh, where the various creatures are supposed to be hibernating. One of them's Loch Ness. Oh, like, oh yes, because uh, <laughs> one I want to see another Nessie on the screen. Yeah, and and two, uh, one of the unmade Toho co-productions with uh, they were go- going to make a Nessie movie with Hammer. Oh, really? In the seventies. Wow. Which uh, which fell through, uh, so it never got made. They they got as far as designing the creature, and it never got made. And then and then that creature inspired the sea serpent in a later Toho movie called uh, Princess from the Moon. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, I was like, oh, excellent. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was well known that uh, Hammer went way over budget with their frilly shirts, and uh, <laughs> they just they couldn't make a movie like that with all the special uh, effects. Yeah, they lost their that they had deals with various American studios, which fell through when American studios were going bankrupt. And yeah, um, yeah, so the whole thing was collapsing. That you know they were falling out of favor themselves. And, oh damn! But. Uh, yeah, Hammer hasn't on. There's that revived Hammer, which put out all these pretty good remakes. Yeah. In recent years, have you heard anything from them? No. I kind of wonder is that is that kind of like the Universal Studios Dark Universe? We're gonna reboot the monsters, yeah, yeah, with well, Tom Cruise. Well, you think Hammer, the original Hammer's biggest early successes were remakes, basically. Yeah. Or, or going back to the source. And yeah doing their own thing yeah but they're they're definitely following them in the step of universal monsters Mm -hmm. right um and or they were making like movies out of tv shows and things like quiet mass yeah so you know i've got nothing against them for doing remakes now but you know i haven't heard them from them in a couple of years yeah, you have to wonder what's going on. They're just watching what uh, Universal did, and they're in—they're com- <laughs> just in complete shock oh, well, that it was <laughs> canceled the Mummy movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think "Fuck Mummy" twenty twenty has a good ring to it. Yeah, this is Bride of 
Frankenstein ever going to come out? <laughs> They're yeah. doing a version of it, aren't they? But it's not part of the dark universe anymore. Oh, they they okay. talked about it. They were going to put Angelina Jolie as the mon- as the bride. Yeah. I think she might have aged out of the part, though. Mm. I mean, not not to be an ageist, which I'm not. Um, I'm certainly not. Um, but I think... I don't know how old Elsa Lanchester was when they made Bride of Frankenstein, but she... She was very young. She seemed like she was mid-20s, maybe. 27? Less than that, I think. Really? Okay. Um, 22. Yeah, let's, let's go with 22. <laughs> Sold. Uh, but you look at... Uh, you look at the beauty of, of the character mixed with the bizarre stitching together and all that stuff, and you kind of have to cast that without saying, well, you know, that uh, that uh, Channing Tatum is really hot right now. Let's make him the bride. Mm. Well, maybe you shouldn't. How about one of them Hemsworths? No, that's also a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. Chris Hemsworth is the bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd go watch that. He's pretty. We could watch yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Sure. He, Put that hair on him. And... He's in the new uh, Men in Black movie, isn't he? Oh, yes. I saw a preview for that. That looks like that's going to be Men fun. In Black International. He's yeah. funny. Yeah. So... Uh, I was like, that, that Ghostbusters remake, he was so funny in that. It's the only yeah. thing that made me laugh. The dummy. Yeah. <laughs> And usually you have a like that character who's just a foil for everything else. It's, right. it's usually not fun, but that they did a good job with that. Um, what else, Julian? What else that have you it. watched? That I, was it. I've just been working on this other book, and I'm almost finished with it. So how how many weeks until we can say what it is? Uh, I don't know. It, it it'll be a couple of months, I think. Okay. It's not it's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's still secret. Yeah. And it's not a secret if you tell everyone. It's a big studio, but the actual product is is not going to be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't say more than that. Will, how about you? What have you watched? Uh, well, I watched several things because Eugenia was out. So I watched uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, first no one. kidding. I'd never seen the first one. Yeah. So uh, I thought I'd watch that. What, what did you make of that? It was all right. <laughs> was it funny? Uh, not really. Yeah, I didn't think it was terribly funny. Uh, well, at least know. the bit with the drill. Where yeah, they, where they true. They yeah, get him. Yeah, and I did like when the lady finds a uh, a circular saw in the basement and she runs upstairs to fight him, but she gets like okay. to the top of the stairs and the plug <laughs> pulls the cord out. Yeah, yanks her back. <laughs> that was good. Uh, then I watched. Uh, uh, killer workout, also known as aerob- aerobicide. Oh, aerobicide. Where'd you see that? It's on Prime. Oh, excellent. So, uh, yeah, wait till you watch the movie to say that. <laughs> it's a terrible. <laughs> no, I know, movie. It, I know. I Have it's you terrible, seen it? But I want to see it. Yeah, I'd always wanted to see it because it was one of those that like, ooh, that's a bad movie. And <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bad movie. Uh, Any movie where they attack a an aerobics classes, you know, it's entertaining. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of shots of women doing aerobics that are leery. <laughs> Have you seen a City of the Living Dead? I don't think so. It's the one where it's like these contaminated people, basically zombies, running around the city, and and I think it's Madrid, and they they bust into this TV studio where they're doing one of those leery uh, aerobic shows. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen that one. Okay. I don't think so. 
Um, then I watched the Initiation of Sarah, which is a seventies um, movie. Girl joins a sorority that happens to be a coven of witches. Ooh, not a dance school though. No. So uh, does it? Is the climax in the attic? I don't know because I fell asleep. Oh. I got to nearly nearly the end, and it was kind of a dull movie. Right. Shelley Winters is in it okay. as a house mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it was kind of dull. <laughs> like it didn't. It, I was kind of interested in it, and then it, at some point, it felt like they still haven't gotten to the witches or anything. Mm. They're just kind of sort of mundane college problems, and uh, and then I fell asleep probably fifteen minutes to go. And what's I didn't the, go back the, uh, to that that kind of Wicker Man movie that's coming out this summer. It's Midsummer. Like, Midsummer, yeah. Yeah, I need to see the trailer on that. I haven't heard yeah. anything about it. Makes it look like Wicker Man, oh. in, but someone in Scandinavia. Hmm. Have you seen that? No, I haven't no. seen the preview at all. The director of <clears throat> uh, Predatory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So and um, then I watched um, something called Darling. Which was a little film, probably 2016, um, shot on video. It was okay. I will say that it has a really disturbing kill in it, followed by a really disturbing dismemberment in a bathtub. <laughs> that were like, wow, for a low budget movie that probably cost you know six thousand bucks, like the battery. Right. They did a really good job on the wow. effects there. The movie itself was felt like it, things you've seen before. Um, a really I disturbing could, dismemberment, though. I like but that. But a really disturbing dismemberment. <laughs> it was called Darling. Mm-hmm. So was it kind of a Joan Crawford movie? Uh, no, it's a, a lady who um, she needs money, so she decides to watch a house for somebody house is supposed to be haunted and then she starts hearing things and she gets a little paranoid and uh she invites a guy over and and the way she kills him is just kind of like shocking you're like wow <laughs> okay <laughs> um and then uh what else did i watch we watched uh something on netflix called what slash if Oh I yeah, think it's how is what that? What if? Well, let me backtrack a little bit. We watched Lucifer, which uh-huh. is a Fox show, I believe. Yeah, it's, and, it's uh, a Satan procedural. Satan procedural, <laughs> terrible, terrible show. But we set through two episodes to make sure. Mm-hmm. What slash if was so bad? We watched one episode. And we're like, we're done. We're going back to that Lucifer thing. <laughs> <coughs> so what yeah. if is a TV series? Yes. Um, basically, it's Indecent Proposal. You remember that movie? Robert Redford right. asked if he could sleep with Demi Moore. I don't remember. Was it Woody Harrelson? I think so. He was married to? Some, somebody like that. Yeah. Um, this one has Renee Zellweger and her new face. Um, seriously, she looks like a different person. It's weird. You watch her and you're like, I think that's Renee Zellweger, but maybe not. Yeah. Did, um, didn't she, Jennifer Grey do that too? I don't know. Had some weird work done and it doesn't look like her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just stop it. But, uh, she plays 
uh, a rich megalomaniac who makes an indecent proposal to somebody has some of the worst writing you've ever heard. Just dialogue written by robots. <laughs> uh, then we watch The OA. No, I don't know this one. <clears throat> it's on Netflix. It came out maybe a year or two years ago. It's two parts. Um, eight episodes each part, so 16. I've only watched half. It's really good. It takes about half the first part at least four episodes before you have any real clue what's going on <laughs> um it's totally ridiculous but played straight kind of oh. works i don't want to give any spoilers right um but i really enjoyed it yeah huh. we've kind of binged it which is we haven't done in a while right but i was like we, we've got to watch this and last night gene was saying oh you've, you've got to watch rabid and I have stuff to do. And I was like, no, no, no. We'll finish this show and then I'll watch Rabbit. Yeah. So I well, stayed up late to watch Rabbit. And did you stay awake through it or did you have to keep waking up and rewinding? No, no. I stayed awake. Oh, good. I mean, it's not like it's a sleepy movie. No. And I'd seen it before, so. No, I I had never seen it. And uh, I was, you know, I was always like, ah, oh, you know, it's from the 70s. Uh, how could how could this be a great movie? You know, well, it's Cronenberg. What do you I, mean from the seventies? I was okay. going to say the seventies is <laughs> like the best time for movies. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm getting over it, but I was very, um, I was very judgmental of a lot of the, a lot of the movies from the seventies that weren't big budget. To me, it seemed like if you were watching something from the seventies, if it didn't have a really big budget, the 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 shortcomings and limitations of the time showed through with things like film stock, um, which was one of the big things for me. It would always look kind of, I don't know, fuzzy and the color timing seemed like it was off if, if you didn't have a big budget. Like The Godfather looks like it was made last week, but you'd get something you know that was a lesser budget than that and it would look like, ugh, ugh. It's, someone like dragged this through some like antifreeze and then strung it through the projector. And, you know, like I said, I'm getting over it. I'm I'm understanding now that uh, maybe that's when I was a kid and it's like, oh, we want to see something flashy and new. And and it would always be some shit from the seventies. That wasn't great. Mm. Now the stuff from the seventies that is great is really great. I mean, you look at things like, I don't know, you got taxi driver. That was a movie from the Uh, seventies. But then again, we're talking Scorsese and, and, um, guys like that. And Cronenberg, with a lesser budget, still did great work. Um, so, that being the case, I'm getting over it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware of when I'm being a jerk. Most of the... Well, I don't know. I have no idea. Most of the time, half the time, some of the time. Um, what was my point? Why, why did I say that? Movies from the 70s yeah, are terrible. What, what made me say that? Well, we, we disagreed with you because you were like, most of the time, movies from the seventies were oh poorly made, and that's why I put off watching Rabbit. Okay, yeah. so um, I'm glad that we watched it, and th- that's one of the cool things about this podcast. You know, is that we we sometimes go outside of our familiarity or comfort zones, and uh, we we do uh, get into some things that uh, that broaden our horizons. Yeah, and challenge some of our. 
um, preconceived notions. And I like this. I really do. Um, that being said, my recently watched Pulp Fiction, I did a rewatch in installations <laughs> because it is a very long movie. And by the time everything's done and I'm working on trying to build a fence and fighting the weather doing it. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that take up time. So it's like, okay, by the time everything else is done and I get to sit down and I'm going to watch two and a half, you know, three hours of Pulp Fiction. No, but maybe 40 minutes at a time. And I rewatched it and, and it, it really holds up well for me. I enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's interesting looking for the things that I already know in the movie, but then being reminded of things that I've forgotten completely about. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> Monster Squad, I had never seen Monster Squad. And, oh, that, and that was, and that was one that was, I was too grown up for something that was a kid thing at the time. Yeah. And it was like, no, I watch real horror movies. I'm not going to watch this silly stuff. And I thought, well, you know what? So many people, that is like a sentimental thing for them. And, and they're obviously younger than me. Uh, I thought, you know what? I've never watched it. I should give it a chance and see if I enjoy it. Because it is the classic Universal Monsters. And they're just doing a different version of them. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, a lot of the things about it being um, made for kids kind of shows. But then on the other hand, it looks really glossy. And, and uh, you can see the budget is definitely there. And you learn something important about wolfmen. They have nards. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, wolfman has nards. Um, then the other one, uh, I gotta, gotta be honest. I was, uh, putting up the DVD shelves and I had this movie on UFO and I was thinking, well, when it, when it starts to get more interesting, I'm going to really focus more on it, but it was mostly just characters walking around and having dialogue and, uh, which UFO was this? This was the um, 2018 uh, starring, let's see, who's the guy in this one? Uh, Alex Sharp and then Gillian Anderson and then Ella Purnell and some other people. Um, this movie, well, if I read, if I were to read uh, the, the really short blurb, a college student who sees a UFO uses his exceptional math skills to investigate the sighting with his friends while the FBI follows closely behind. And I thought there would have been a little bit more intrigue and uh, maybe some more weird UFO stuff. I will um, probably give it a rewatch to where I actually pay full attention to it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this kid, the character in the movie, had a childhood sighting of a UFO. And that sort of always weighed on him, apparently. And he thinks that the sightings that are reported at multiple airports um, are uh, definitely UFOs, and as in alien ships. <clears throat> and I think this is based on the one at uh, O'Hare Airport in Chicago that happened, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. And there were people who were like, yeah, I saw it. This is what it looked like. And then uh, the airlines were like, nope. Nobody said they saw anything, and then people were coming forward saying, "Yeah, I told them, and they didn't. They didn't take my report and do anything with it. They just covered it up. So why the cover up? I think was one of the questions. So anyway, there's a thing in the local paper today about UFOs. Really? Yeah, I think it's the opinion section that someone write about how um, uh, UFOs are dismissed uh, because it threatens our concept of being the the top dog the most highly advanced 
And not because most Technology. of them are bullshit? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> what would it take for you, Will, to, to believe that it's possible? To believe that I, I mean, why wouldn't it be possible? But I'm just, a lot of the stories seem fishy, phony. Um, it seems... Why have they dropped? It seems that UFO sightings have really fallen off since everybody has a better camera phone now. Yeah. Whereas when video cameras are big, we're getting a lot of UFO shit out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the cameras were never really that great. Yeah. You know, and now you got like everybody and their brother has a nice camera phone. And right. yet, where are the UFOs? And where are all the good movies that people should be able to make? Yeah, on their phones. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to, uh, uh, they're going to have to come up with some way of exceeding light speed travel before you can believe that we've been visited. Yes. That's a big one, is that the universe is so big, that it's so vast, yeah. without light speed travel. Because just, just mathematically, aliens exist. Yeah. You know, there's got to be something out there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to come all that way, just to buzz a farmer. And... Yeah. And probe him. And probe him. <laughs> and that's another thing. Their genetics seem to be operating in like a 1950s level, yet they have faster than light travel. And they're super interested in the butt. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, trying to make sense of this. Um, I find it super interesting that... Oh, I find it interesting, yeah, too. Yeah. I love the stories. Um, yeah, the stories are great. And uh, in uh, the Somewhere in the Skies podcast, um, Ryan I need Sprague, to listen to that one. Man, I really dig... What, he'll do episodes where it's it's uh, people phone in and, and uh, give their stories, their own experiences. And I always like it when it's not something you've heard before, because you know the the greys with their big heads and their big eyes and all yeah. that. And, oh, you know, it's it's like if if it didn't sound like something you've heard a thousand times before, then maybe you'd say, "Wow, there's something maybe to this one." <clears throat> but a lot of people who are very reliable individuals uh, have seen things that they couldn't explain. Sure. Oh, certainly, yeah, yeah. So. Enough about that. Let's talk about rabid. Okay. And Jolene, if you want to pronounce it rabid, we will not stop you. All right. So say it that way all you want. And, uh, <laughs> and um, first thing I want to ask you guys is, um, the first time you saw this, did you know it was that Marilyn Chambers? I had no uh, idea. Yeah, I just watched this a, maybe a year or two ago for the yeah. first time. And you saw her name in the credits. Yeah, and I was like, is that the same Marilyn Chambers from behind the green door? Or? Yeah. Whatever she was in. Yeah. Yeah, behind the green door. Okay. That was like the break. I couldn't remember if she was in that or Deep Throat, but... No, that was Linda Lovelace. That's right. I was trying to think last night and I was like, no, who was in Deep Throat? <laughs> so who wants to give the listeners a, a, a quick background on why that's significant? I was a... I don't know. Not an early porno, but it was a big porno. Yeah, this is one of the, like, the feature pornos yeah. that crossed into the mainstream. In the 70s. Yeah, uh, 72, I think it was. 72 yeah. was behind the green door. Yeah. Um, so the thing about that that uh, is important to um, American culture and maybe cultures of other countries is that uh, porno theaters were known to be really sleazy places that were probably dangerous and you're, you know, you're taking your chances going there. But then these movies were um, so explosive and important that people wanted to go check it out 
<laughs> and so yeah, people who were playing everywhere. Yeah, so people who were really uh, mainstream people were going to see uh, a porno movie that had um, that had a, a decent budget and a lot of thought in the, into the production. The budget on um, on uh, this particular movie behind the green door. Uh, sixty thousand. I have the page pulled up. Sixty thousand dollars budget, and it made fifty million dollars. Damn, for a porno. But like, how did Linda Lovelace bring down the Nixon White House? Uh, I don't remember. Joke yeah, for y'all. yeah, yeah. That's right. the The secret, <laughs> the secrets were revealed by a person whose whose uh, code name was Deep Throat. Um, the Barnes limit is uh, absolutely observed with that movie. Seventy two minutes. Oh, that's just about right. Yeah. And it was also the first uh, interracial yeah. scene. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Marilyn Chambers uh, has sex with a black guy while um, funk music plays, according to the Wikipedia page. So, yep. Super duper. And if you really want some entertainment, listeners, go to the Wikipedia page for Behind the Green Door and read <laughs> read the description, the plot description. <laughs> It's so it's so uh, familiar but clinical the way it describes everything. <laughs> so there's a, a trapeze contraption that uh, the main character <laughs> is suspended from, and what she does whilst suspended is pretty funny the way it's described. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I saw the credits uh, and I went. Is it that Marilyn Chambers? I know there's a famous porn star named Marilyn Chambers from the well, 70s. I saw a rabbit on video like a long time ago, so I had no idea. Yeah. No idea who Marilyn Chambers was. Not, not significant at all to me. Yeah. It was just a name I'd heard a lot. And I don't know that I've ever seen any of her work. Uh, well, Cronenberg hadn't seen uh, Behind the Green Door. She says. So he, <laughs> he saw her in uh, Together, which is a 1971 film, uh, which was written... Written, produced, and directed by one uh, Sean S. Cunningham. Oh, mm. excellent. Who is that? Of Friday the 13th of fame. Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. And Cronenberg uh, and one of his regular actors appeared in Jason X. Uh, yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's great. Cronenberg um, wanted Sissy Spacek. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who, um, by the way, the conspicuous placement of the Carrie poster mm-hmm. yes. on the street scene. Um and there was another thing. What was it? There was something on a marquee or something. I'm trying to remember. What references to Sissy Spacek? Uh, I don't know that it was a reference to her, but there were some things um, just here and there in the movie. The the movies and clips that you hear and see are from uh, Cinepix Productions. Okay. Which is this Canadian sort of Cinemax sort of set up. Okay. Very soft core um, stuff. Mm. Uh, so when, when she goes to the theatre... Uh, which is the Eve Theatre, by the way. Oh. And her second porno <clears throat> movie was The Resurrection of Eve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are Cinepix productions. Okay. And then the song you hear when he's fixing his bike is yes. her. Yeah. Doing a song called Benihana. Oh, wow. Which, which is her 1976 disco song. That's great. Um, so this is a 1977 Canadian dash american horror film wow what do the americans have to do with this this was filmed in canada wasn't it um the special effects guy was american it was okay. filmed in, filmed in uh, montreal okay yeah so quebec yeah so um this was um 
uh, let's see, uh, who else do we have? Uh, Frank Moore, Joe Silver. Joe Silver, and Howard Reichpan. Reichpan. Um, Marilyn Chambers plays a woman who, after being injured in a motorcycle accident, uh, undergoes a an operation and develops an orifice under one of her underarms. Uh, this has a stinger, which she uses to feed on people's blood, but then they become infected with something akin to rabies. Mm-hmm. Wow. They go rabid, they bite people, yeah. then they go into a coma and die. Yeah. So they foam at the mouth, they act like hungry zombies. Yeah. Um, we, we got some pretty good uh, apocalyptic scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was definitely some uh, Soylent Green stuff going on at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the flaws weren't many in this film. And, um, and I did spot one cameraman in one scene we could talk about later. Yeah, you see your reflections of crew a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. But it the was, guy... There's nothing major. The cameraman in the back seat of the car, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that one's pretty pretty glaring. If you, if, if you know to look for it, there it is. But, um, but otherwise, really well done. Um, so the motorcycle accident, uh, they're, they're, pretty, uh, they're pretty good with... Not making it too gory, but you could tell it's the 70s because that motorcycle just bursts in the flames. <laughs> like everything in the 70s, if it crashed, that's, that's, fireball. That's common with American vehicles, though, isn't it? It was. You know, the Pinto, <laughs> like just, the Corvair. It was really just those two, wasn't it? <laughs> they pull over on a rough bit of gravel and up it goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just a... Too steep of an incline in your driveway, your car's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they did something in some in one of those parody movies. I want to say it was, uh, was it that Robin Hood, Men in Tights, or or one of those kind of movies where they had something where a, a Pinto rolls downhill, <clears throat> just slows to almost a stop, and then just touches something and explodes. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So the so they're they're lucky enough to crash near. A uh, place that does plastic surgery, mm-hmm. and they're saved by the people who work there, uh, the the Keloid Institute. Keloid. Yeah. Keloid. Isn't that the name of like a skin? It, it's the scar from uh, collagen. It's it's what a lot of the uh, Hiroshima victims had. Oh, okay. So no coincidence. No. And and in fact, the the uh, the uh, surface of Godzilla's skin is based on keloids. Oh, is it? I don't think I Bringing knew that. Bringing it back to Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the Godzilla movies were meant to be critical of uh, atomic energy. Oh, yeah, and, the first one's very grim. Yeah. yeah. And that, I read recently that he was supposed to be a mutated octopus at first. Yeah, they Before they settled on... Octopus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't have been nearly any as fun. pictures of that? No, like Any designs or anything? Didn't get any further, didn't get further, further than an idea? Okay. Yeah. It was really cool, like G for, as in giant. Mm. But, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I have to ask Jolene about mutated octopus Godzilla, and if there was any." I didn't figure they got past an idea or maybe a couple sketches, but yeah, I, I've never seen sketches uh, of that that stage. Neat. No, they did an octopus later. Yeah. Uh, in several movies and TV, but not in that one. So what was your early experience with this one? How long ago did you see this? Uh, so this is like, uh, so I, I definitely remember it as a kid seeing the posters 
and it had the the frozen uh, the woman in the fridge as the poster woman, um, which is name? a weird choice. Uh, let's see, I, I wrote it down. But it's it's such an incidental occurrence in the movie. It's yeah, um, uh, Terry Chamblou, who plays uh, Judy, who turns uh, up at the clinic for her nose operation. Yeah, and then she ends up in a fridge. She's the original fridged. Yeah. Um, that's what you get for messing with your nose but yeah I remember seeing it and it was just like a scary image uh, why is this called rabid why how does that involve a woman being in, dead in the fridge yeah uh, and the other thing was like this was uh, in the 70s in Britain like um, you know we were, you know, we were near the major harbours to Europe mm-hmm. and like rabies posters were everywhere oh and they were oh, and this is in the 70s that they were designed to terrify you yeah. Rat, rats would carry the rabies well it'd be pictures of uh, vicious dogs and, oh okay or um, or dogs who were caught in a moment of looking angry uh, and yeah. then used as posters and, and uh, or you know all sorts of horrible things kids being attacked and so what was their point why did they have these posters because well, because you had to um, uh, rabies wasn't uh, it was a it was a mainland Europe thing uh-huh. so uh, you, you weren't allowed to take pets across the channel oh okay I was thinking or, the, and vice versa I was thinking the concern was uh, animals that might be aboard ships biting your dog but it's the other way around yeah I mean you, you couldn't take your dog to Europe at, uh, you, you'd have like weeks of quarantine at either end if you wanted to take your animal across to yeah. Yeah, the mainland um yeah, so it was, a, it was a big scary thing. And in, in fact, in the mid-70s, there was this TV show called The Survivors, hmm. um, which was about plague, which uh, it, it's an engineered virus which comes out is, comes out of China. And it wipes out almost everyone on the planet. Wow. And, uh, and all, but all I could see of it was the opening, the, the TV opening. Yeah. It, it was really scary. And uh, uh, the only episode I ever was allowed to stay up and see happened to be one called uh uh the mad dog okay which is from C- series three uh where where a, a man gets rabies and he starts attacking people oh man and it, was, you know, it was super scary because you know you, you see adults going crazy and it's just yeah yeah it was, it was frightening um and this was created by terry nation who created the daleks oh okay but yeah mid, mid 70s and also starred uh, ian mcculloch who Oh. On to Italian, yeah, zombie movies, various things, and ironically died of rabies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So rabies was a big thing where I was. Okay. So it looked like it was. This is terrifying, and then and eventually uh, it came out on video, and I was I was able to see it. So, I think it was uh, it was all because of Old Yeller that everybody yeah. was so freaked out. That was the. I've never seen that, and I don't want to. I don't either. You've I, never I, seen Old Yellow. Well, I, well I, I've seen it, but I don't want to see it again. Um, some kids. Spoiler. Yeah. The dog dies in the end. It does. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder if there's a whole lot of uh, considering that it was Disney and it was made in the '40s or so. I wonder if there's a lot of racist stuff in it. No. 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 Not at no, all. No, it's pretty tame. Compared to their other crazily racist stuff? Compared to, like, Song of the South? Yeah. What happens in Song of the South? I mean, other than Uncle Remus being a stereotype 
Is there a lot of like awful shit that happens in that movie? Uh, I've not seen that one. It's uh, it's been a long, long time since I've seen it. I was not aware of stuff then, but basically the blowback against it is that it plays up slavery as as having been you know a grand old time for everyone involved. Oh God! And that uh, you know. Slaves were happy people. Mm. Yeah. Like Uncle Remus, you know, he's a kindly old black man with the with a clever story, you know. And, and he's singing and animated animals are yeah. flying around him and prancing along but, to his And it takes place during reconstruction, you know, in the after the Civil War. Oh god. So, you know, it's supposed to be it's more lost cause bullshit. It's a story of hope. Yeah. <laughs> god. Well, the, the mountain ride at Disneyland's still around, isn't it? And that's based, it on, is. based on the movie. Yeah. Huh. Br'er Rabbit and all that. Yeah. Interesting. Which are kind of funny, clever stories, but the the framework they wrapped around that with Uncle Remus is the problem. Okay. So if he had been an unhappy slave, maybe it would have been a better yeah. movie. But uh, the fact Or that if you had Django Unchained with... Animals, animated animals, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work out just fine. Yeah, Tarantino, get on it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, that was a real. <laughs> that was a real digression. Tra- you could say that. I was like, well, well, well what's wrong with Song of the South? <laughs> what's wrong with Old Yeller? Um, but I don't remember anything being objectionable in Old Yeller. It's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. You know. Except for that dog killing part. The dog killing part at the end, but that's what the whole movie's building up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike Bambi, where they do the uh, the mother deer killing part pretty early in the movie. Yeah. That's not even a spoiler to say that. Well, that motivates his whole quest for revenge. It does. It does. <laughs> Bambi's revenge. Bambo. Did you ever see Bambi versus Godzilla? Yeah. <laughs> Julian, you've seen that, haven't yep, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a very short, short. Very short. Drawn on toilet paper. <laughs> was it really? I believe so. At least that's always the story I heard, that it was drawn on individual sheets of toilet paper. Oh, lordy. So like, Get a budget. Get a budget. <laughs> they had no budget. Just had a camera. Yeah. I think Toho wasn't interested. No, probably not. Neither was Disney. Yeah. And these are two places... That, uh, Although when Disney buys Toho in their mm-hmm. never-ending quest to own everything, <laughs> right. yeah. uh, they may come out with a Disney or a Disney-approved Bambi versus Godzilla. Right. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to that crossover. And then Bambo: The Reckoning. Bambo. Yeah. Saw the trailer for the new Rambo. Oh God! Is there Ooh. another one? Yep. Yes. There's a new Rambo. The Last Blood. Oh God! Does it have Stallone in it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Why? Well, didn't he have any kids that look like him? He is in a nursing home, <laughs> and the nurses are stealing his shit. So this is like Bubba Hotep. <laughs> he gets revenge. Yeah, I thought Rambo died in the first one. Apparently not, because <laughs> they've made another five of them. Um, so Julian, you saw this thing pretty early on. Rambo, um, rather, rather, rather than you. <laughs> I would say earlier, earlier than two weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. I think it's been a week. When I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. And was it heavily edited? 
Um, I can't, there's not that much to edit, really. Is this, this isn't? It's not bloody super bloody. And... It's fairly vomity, but not very bloody. Some people vomit. There's some foam. Somebody yeah. gets a finger bitten off. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Cronenberg um, uh, said he, he was pleased that there was uh, four uh, boys fainted when in Canada when uh, in, in Montreal when when they went to see this. And, oh man! And the finger gets bitten off. I was wondering about Ziggy. Would she approve of this finger injury? No. No, Ziggy can't handle finger trauma at all. Somebody gets their teeth knocked out with a hammer and darling, and I could hardly take it. Oh, God, stop it with the teeth, right? Yeah. Have you ever chipped a tooth? I've never chipped a tooth, thankfully. You've been super careful because of uh, your, yeah. your tooth trauma fears. Mm. Yeah, I, I got the corner cracked off of a front tooth in high school. Playing badminton. Badminton. Of all things, like the least dangerous of, well, it apparently is not the least dangerous of sports. Um, we were playing indoors in the gymnasium and there were two courts set up side by side. And I was running to pick up a birdie and then uh, resurface. I'm sorry, it. you mean a shuttlecock. Uh, is that what it's called? Is it mm-hmm. shuttlecock? Yes. Okay. So I was uh, lunging for the shuttlecock. Uh, Actually, I was just reaching for it, and this other guy was running backward, doing a backhand swing to try and hit another shuttlecock. And instead, he clocked me in the tooth with his racket, and it mm. chipped a corner off of my front tooth. Ouch. I had the fake front tooth for a long time before I got a new one put on. Really? This has nothing to do with Rabbit. No. Um, and now you've got these weirdly aligned front teeth. Yeah, they're actually probably better than they would have been. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, the new one looks more realistic than the other one over time. It's just oh, yeah, I I wasn't referring to your actual oh. teeth. I was referring to our friend. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mummy star. Yes. Mummy star with his metal tooth. Middle tooth cruise. Um, okay, so Will, you had seen Rabbit before. Yeah. How long ago? Years ago? Probably a year and a half, two years ago. So pretty recently. Yeah. Why the delay? Uh, I had no way to watch this. Oh, okay. It wasn't until I saw it on Prime a while back that uh, either Rabbit or Shivers were available to me. These were uh, ones that I had heard about, but had no way to rent them, and then kind of stopped looking for them at some point, and then they came up on Prime, and I was like, oh, hey, I forgot all about those. Even during your um, your your first Cronenberg binge, yeah, of what a year and a half. Year a year and a half. half. That was when I watched this. Okay, was during the Cronenberg binge. Okay, if if you want to own it now, uh, Arrow did a, a good edition of it in the UK, and then that, I think it's basically that edition was released in the US by Shout Factory. Oh, okay. So a lot of the same features. Oh, Neat. cool. I'm not sure if it's the same transfer, but. It looks really good. Yeah. So was there much behind the scenes or interviews or anything? Yeah. There's there's like uh, three commentaries. Oh, great. Uh, interviews with Cronenberg and, and yeah. um, the woman who plays, um, um, uh, who's uh, Rose's friend? Um, her friend Mindy? Was... Mindy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Susan uh, Roman. Yeah. So there's like a half hour interview with her because she, she uh, went on to do lots of voice acting for things like Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. That's uh, funny. You care bears. I was going to say she's she her, she was very animated in her acting style. Oh, okay. 
because that was the best friend at the apartment yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, she was super cheerful and yeah yeah very animated (laughs) and then she became animated sailor moon all right so that's something for the anime people Mm -hmm. um so uh the the behind you know here's the thing about cronenberg it's cool that he's not one of you know the ways um stanley kubrick was so reclusive and weird uh, Cronenberg actually will do an interview or a commentary and talk about his films. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I wish David Lynch would, <laughs> but he won't. Lynch has done some stuff. It's all he weird. does interviews, but he doesn't do movie commentary. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of his movies, they don't even have chapters. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one big long thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, I watched a Charlie Rose. He was on once and he, they were showing bits of, eraser head and he was talking and was like oh i really wish they'd do a commentary mm. <laughs> but he like takes the temperature of the little baby or lynch goes see perfectly normal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a strange dude but he's got that book um mm. a, a guy a guy that works for us was talking about uh the, the lynch book that's that's out um yeah something about fishing is that what it's is that the one it, it's it, about transcendental meditation yeah and yeah it's a really good book yeah. i don't remember the title of it right now but uh yeah i have it uh an audio copy where he reads it oh that's gotta be and it's great. fantastic because you know how david lynch sounds yeah i i always want him to sound like his character from twin peaks with who's deaf and, he does and shouting other than the shouting he sounds an awful lot like that yeah he's just He's just playing yeah. himself. He's basically playing himself just louder. Yeah. You know, he pretends to be hard of hearing, but his, you know, his, uh, his little stories and storytelling are great. Oh yeah. His voice. Yeah. Do you ever see his, uh, his little comic strip, the Ang- angriest dog in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just perfect. <laughs> Lynch. Oh man. I love that guy. Yeah. When's he going to do something new? So you would have been working on the Razorhead at this time. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy to think of it that way. Yeah. Because well, he was just working on that on weekends from the early 70s up to... Like five or six 70s. years they worked yeah. on that. He thought of turning it into a claymation just so he could like do it without actors, not have to worry about anyone anymore. <laughs> and he was delivering, I think, the Wall Street Journal. And he mm-hmm. wasn't. He was just throwing them away <laughs> instead of <laughs> delivering them. <laughs> I wanted to pull up uh, Ivan Reitman's page. Um, yeah, so he was the uh, one of the producers on this. Yeah. He also uh, done the same for Shivers. Yeah. And he suggested uh, Marilyn Chambers. I bet he did. Because um, cause they needed a name because like they were they were, they wanted to sell movies around the world so they're going to international film fairs mm. and uh, trying to sell a movie without any names on it yeah it's just uh, impossible so they, they, and she was like a big name at this time yeah so he'd been a a producer and a director on a lot of things uh, well only a couple things before this but a lot of things after this yeah, he directed uh, Cannibal Girls yeah and Foxy Lady and Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, I mean, before, yeah, before um, Rabbit, he had Shivers. He was a producer. Um, I don't know what Death Weekend is, he, but he was a music. Uh, he was also the music supervisor as well as producer. Um, but he went on to do some really mainstream stuff. 
including um, Meatballs, Animal House, Stripes, Heavy Metal, Ghostbusters, uh, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Beethoven. Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Those are two different thoughts. Sorry. Stop or my mom will shoot. Beethoven, Dave, Space Jam. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. There's, there's two fairly recent. Um, and the 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, so a lot of stuff that um, Ivan Reitman ended up being uh, part of from such humble beginnings. That he was, um, uh, he was from Slovakia originally. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's still alive. Uh, well, yeah. If you're to believe uh, Wikipedia, yep. <laughs> I always am. Yep. He was born in '46, October okay. 27th, 1946. But yeah, to look up his filmography is really interesting because you would think, after doing a couple of really odd, edgy things so early. Where could they go from there? Oh, you know, uh, <clears throat> Ghostbusters, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> what a departure on the Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> to, for them to become Kindergarten Cops. <laughs> right. Cops who are of of kindergarten age? Yes. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's like, a, what, are they, what do they call that one? Uh it's like 21 Jump Street, but yeah, younger. <laughs> a lot younger. You know, you got you got to go undercover. Yeah. So, you know, bust that pop You'll be playing ring. a five-year-old in kindergarten. Yeah. Shave your mustache. <laughs> yeah, I don't care that you're a cop. Shave yeah. your cop mustache. Only in the 80s. Yep. So anyway, yeah, Ivan Reitman, uh, yeah, interesting dude with... Uh, a strange trajectory. Well, the uh, the the fella at the end who kills Rose, uh, he's played by Alan Moyle. I don't know who that is. Who went on to direct uh, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, okay. No kidding. Did not know that. So he came out of his coma and did not die <laughs> after his brief infection. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, wow. Good for him. Yeah. This is a happy ending up. Yeah. Yes, I liked how the the main lead in this, uh, Marilyn Chambers, dies and is thrown in the trash truck at the end. And right. that's the end of the movie. That's the last image. <laughs> the last image. Yeah. Of... Well, Go home. Now, was was the was there something there? Um, was Cronenberg super fascinated with Night of the Living Dead? Because that felt a lot like Ben's death. Yeah. And and I was thinking about that uh, when we were seeing that. Yeah. And it was, I imagine, yeah. It was like that just bleak ending. It's like, well, we got that all sorted out. <laughs> Here's another one for the fire. <laughs> right. So, uh, not to just jump right to the ending, but yeah, getting there is a, is a pretty interesting story because it, it's not really a matter of, oh no, there's no containment for this. It's gotten out. It's like no, it's 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 not like uh, shivers. This one is. This one is like, well, it's rabies, basically. Um, you know, they'll, they'll contain it, and then they'll burn all the bodies after they haul them away in garbage trucks. Yeah. Did you get the idea they just drove the same five garbage trucks around the block several oh, times? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. scenes with uh, police cars, and he only had access to two. But it seems <laughs> like there's a lot because they, you know, they knew how to shoot different angles and yeah. Yeah. make it look like more. That's yeah. great. 
<laughs> but this is like pretty if it was big scale it does it feels a lot like dawn of the dead to me where they're, they're making the most of locations and yeah you know you've got that whole shopping mall scene and yeah scenes on, a, on oh, an actual man, subway santa claus gets gunned down yeah <laughs> Jesus. yeah i'm glad you brought that up because I, <laughs> I was just like oh wow that is a really skimpy elf costume on that woman oh god they're shooting santa right I thought it was inappropriate to have a woman dressed like that helping kids get their picture taken. And then yeah, it's like, it's just, what could be more inappropriate it's than just that? So 70s, you got uh, Santa's helping in, in this micro skirt, and then you got this girl in this like psychedelic jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting on Santa's knee in this mall, getting gunned down by a Thompson machine gun. Yeah. Oh my God, it was crazy. Um, I pulled up Soylent Green to see what year it came out. And you probably knew this, 1973. Mm-hmm. So that maybe did sort of inform some of it. And of course, Night of Living Dead being from 1968, very likely informed some of what Cronenberg was thinking thinking and feeling. Um, but while I have this page up, I see the Soylent Green poster. It's the year 2022. Well, yeah, pretty soon it will be. <laughs> so that, that movie... Um, bleak and it just makes the future look uh just overpopulated and sweaty and hairy and awful i think of that right yeah yeah <laughs> except we're in a boring dystopia yeah right. another teen dystopia you knew the end of the world would be dull yeah yeah they're gonna bore us to death um soylent green goes seven minutes outside the barns limit by the way mm, we could cut seven minutes i'm sure yeah anyway so uh yeah the the santa shooting um is that the, is that the most shocking weird thing that happens in this movie <laughs> no no <laughs> i think the fact that she has some sort of protuberance under her arm <laughs> that drinks blood is the most shocking weird thing that happens in the movie you notice that she gets the uh the, this like killer penis thing and yeah. in Videodrome, he gets a killer vagina thing. Yes. Interesting. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Videodrome. Well, that's a new favorite, isn't it? That's my favorite, yeah. That's my favorite Cronenberg. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. It's be- between that and Shivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say. I preferred Shivers to Rapid. Yeah. I think Shivers works just a little bit better. Yeah, it's kind of more anarchic. It's kind of... You know, tear it all down. Yeah. Uh, Rabbit is is. I mean, he's got more control over it. Maybe that's it. It feels more controlled and. Yeah. Whereas I don't know, like the yeah, the whole concept of shivers is kind of interesting. Ooh, it's yes. all in this building. It's, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> yeah, this this one feels more like a Romero film. So maybe that's it. It doesn't. It's not as Cronenbergy as. As the previous one. Yeah. I think adding, if they had, if in Shiver, if they, uh, if the zombies had become just, you know, like rapid Mm. zombies and they were just biting people, I don't think it'd be as interesting as having these, like, rapey zombies. (laughs) (laughs) They have a case of the rapies. (laughs) So, um... The story does it does it move along nicely for? A oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't stall out at all. It doesn't stop really. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, I, I like the fact that the roommate doesn't even know something's going on. Oh, yeah. You seem a little under the weather. Yeah. Like the guy who would be a hero in, in just about any other movie. Yeah. He's completely impotent. Yeah. From the get-go. Yeah. And he, yeah. He, he, he crashes, and then he's, like, stunned. He's drugged. He's not there when she needs him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up uh, on the end of a phone line unable to do anything yeah yeah and poor joe silver once again you oh, know yeah. <laughs> yeah. terrible things happen to him when he's trying to help yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy i think his death was probably a little less horrible than in shivers but right. <laughs> yeah did you notice yeah that... but he, he comes home and it's his 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 nice big house and then he's in his his family's missing and there's blood and the baby's water and yeah it's just awful yeah it just gets worse and worse yeah you know like the second he walks in that door you know it's not gonna end well (laughs) no um julian i meant to ask you with the with the uh with the scene with the truck driver did you notice the little um the little dashboard toy i didn't notice this you told me and then i Forgot about it and watched the scene and didn't catch it. It's over in the corner on the driver's side windshield. Um, there's a pig wearing a trucker hat and it's mooning, basically. It's got its pants down and its butt pressed against the windshield. Uh-huh. So the little plastic toy has like a f- flat place on its buttocks so you could park <laughs> it in your windshield. And I wanted to get a better look at it. And I tried Googling it to see if there were any out so there. what did you put into Google? Flat butt pig. Stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> Mooning pig toy. It's stunning how many toys of a pig showing its butt are out there. You know? This is why the aliens come to our planet. Oh, They're like, okay. hey, it's on display. You know? They clearly want us to check it out. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that was just one of those weird little details. Like, I notice details like that sometimes in movies and they don't mean anything. Yeah. But other times you find out later they do. Yeah. So, you know, flat butt pig flat toy. Flat butt pig toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try Googling that. See what happens. <clears throat> so, um, favorite scenes in the movie? I, know, I, I, I like the, um, the the surgery scenes. Like uh, uh, you have the initial one where it's uh, like as as... Cronenberg's pointed out it's basically stem cell research. Um, yeah. Uh, before they had the terms. Oh wow! Yeah. Because he's making neutral flesh. Yeah. That can be transferred anywhere. Yeah. So that was interesting, like a science fiction idea. And then there's the later surgery scene where things go nuts. Yeah. Where where you know someone's at their most vulnerable. And there's someone losing it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And the worst possible person to lose it loses it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <coughs> um, mm. Yeah, Cronenberg was really good at putting his finger on those. It was that, that kind of disturbing thing going off. Yeah. Do you, do you suppose that tool they showed was an actual tool for shaving flesh off? Like. Yeah, it looks convincing to it, me. It looked real to me. Did you see yeah. that? Did you notice that? Yeah. It looked like if you were going to graft skin, it would be made for removing a section so you could graft it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if that's a real tool or not. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I could probably ask my nephew. He just graduated with his bachelor's in um, 
biological science or whatever. And he worked in a body lab where they were parting out cadavers to send to different universities and whatnot. But now he's working in a more of a donor situation where live people are going to receive uh, recently deceased flesh of mm. different sorts. So he probably knows a lot about this stuff. That's that's my nephew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could probably just go through the body horror stuff and be like, no, that's, that's not scary. Why would that be scary? <laughs> He's probably seen the worst. So, um, yeah, people at their most vulnerable and you've got a doctor with rabies. Not yep. what you want. <laughs> you don't want your doctor to be distracted or drunk, but rabies, certainly not. No. So, yeah, that is a pretty crazy scene. Um, what, what did you like? What bits did you like? I would say the um, the scene on the train. Oh, yeah. Because everybody's locked in and then mm-hmm. somebody starts to, you know, convulse. Oh, on the and, subway? Yeah. 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 That, was, uh, that was a good one. And I would say when the... Um, when the guy gets the station wagon handed off to him after Joe Silver's character goes mm-hmm. home and he's cruising around and just seeing all the destruction taking place, mm-hmm. you're just thinking, oh, something horrible is going to happen to him. He's not going to make it. And then you see a cameraman in the backseat for a little bit, but <laughs> outside of that, I mean, you could see both hands on the camera, like right behind him, and it's not a reflection. It's like right there in the shot. They were probably thinking, oh, there's no way you're going to see that. The, the the glare will take it out. No worries. But unfortunately, that did show up. That's the only flaw I could think of as far as, like you mentioned, there were some reflections. Um, but that was a good scene because uh, you get to see all the garbage trucks picking up bodies. And mm. there are a few. Do, do you know all that, that martial law stuff, what he's referencing there? Um, aside from actual possibilities of martial law? Yeah. They'd actually had martial law in Montreal. Had they? Oh, really? In 1970. Was there oh, s- what happened? Was it hockey related? Uh, it was called the October Crisis. It wasn't hockey related. <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you more. Uh, was please. It, uh... There was a terrorist group. Well, they wouldn't call themselves terrorists, but the, the, the uh, Front de Libération de Quebec, the FLQ, and they, um, they, they'd done bombings through the 60s. And uh, they were part of this, uh, you know, Quebec uh, separatist movement. Yeah. Oh, I have heard about this. Uh, they used to put bombs in mailboxes yeah. in, in uh, rich neighborhoods. And uh, they, uh, in 1970, they kidnapped the deputy premier, who was Pierre Laporte. And they also kidnapped a, Brit- a British diplomat named James Cross. And, uh, and the prime minister... At the- was uh, Pierre Trudeau. Okay. And he uh he um he activated the War Measures Act. Which, uh, that so was, they brought martial law to the that city. Was, that was the father of the of the current Trudeau, right? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Oh, okay. But uh, I think Cronenberg remembers coming back from Europe at this time and and seeing his the city, you know, swarming with the the army. Weird. Wow. Helicopters and Guys with rifles and machine guns all over the place, and uh, yeah, because because as far as they knew, there was this army that was going to rise up and yeah, uh, and and also they wanted to like stick everyone in jail that they fancied without giving them trial. Mm. Um, they they ended up um, uh, Laporte was actually killed. Um, it, probably he was strangled by the uh, this the cell that had kidnapped him. 
and uh, uh, but there's also there's like in recent years there's there's some uh, idea that he was killed during a rescue um, but as, as far as I think I should go with the, the official story because I don't I don't know any better um, but he was he was he was found dead um, the uh, the British diplomat was released okay um, they negotiated for that in order to uh, in in exchange for going to Cuba oh, okay uh, and then the the brothers, so there's there's three in the kidnapping cell, and and two of them were brothers. They were named Paul and Jacques Rose. Oh. Um. So, which is the name of the Marilyn Chambers character? Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, that's what that's all referencing. You know, this came up in a podcast I listened to, um, and don't get the wrong idea, listeners. It's called Trumpcast, but it's not pro-Trump at all. Uh, and despite so, you being pro-Trump. <laughs> I'm so pro-Trump. Um, they talked about this because they, I think it had something to do with, um, I think it had something to do with, uh, what's Mr. Bonesaw's name? Um, but some of these, some of these weird tie-ins with foreign governments and how we could be thrown into a crisis and we could be under martial law. Or if a president at his whim comes up with something ridiculous and put us under martial law. And I think one of the experts on the show was talking about, well, it even happened in Canada, and here's what that was. And that's what they talked about. Hmm. And uh, I, w- I remember hearing about it, and I didn't get, I don't think I got that much detail out of them, but that is shocking for Canada because we always think of them as much more peaceful than us. Yeah, it was, it was big trauma. Yeah. And, um, for something like that to happen in a movie, it's like, yeah, ha ha, that would never happen. <laughs> and Cronenberg was like, ah, ha ha, that already happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is only slightly more gory. Well, Canadian terrorists always do say sorry <laughs> yeah. after they strangle you. That's true. You're not there to hear it, but you know. Yeah, but they are polite to a fault. Yeah, that's true. So, wow. Well, um between uh, movies that informed this movie and actual events that informed it, Cronenberg uh, gave everybody something really uh, outstanding and and uh, and uh, dystopian. Yeah, yeah. And the future is going to be like that. Mm, yes. Yeah, I think it's going to end that way. <laughs> Just watch Soylent Green, uh, Rabid. Um, Day of Dawn of the Dead, not Day of the Dead. Don't watch that one. Watch Dawn of the Dead, and then watch Day of the Dead. But yeah. uh, anything, get it right. Yeah, yeah. You, you want in order. Yeah, you want the ones from the seventies. Watch those, and you'll know what the future is going to really be like. Um, did we miss anything important about this movie in talking about it? Other than it's out there and you can see it. Yeah, I had to pay ninety nine cents to see it. Did you? Yeah. Um, it's on Shutter. It didn't come up. Weird. Okay. Hmm. Well, but it came up on um, um, um. Oh, what was the shout video? Shout. Oh, shout factory. Shout factory. Yeah. Oh, okay. It so it's there. a shout factory channel. Okay. I could either subscribe to Shout Factory or pay ninety nine cents. So. Yeah, I thought it. I was almost certain. 
No, I am certain the way I watched it was was Shutter. Shutter, yeah, that's what you said. And yeah. I looked it up and I was like, well, damn it, it's not on there anymore. Because from where I sit here, my computer monitor fills more of my peripheral vision than the TV on the wall. So I watched it on this monitor. Oh, okay. You could sit closer to the TV on the wall. That's true. But I can't get Shutter to show up on it. Oh, no. No, I, I, I have it as, as, you know how it's available two different ways? Either an add-on to Amazon, which you could watch through your television, mm-hmm. or it's uh, device-related, so it oh. could show up on your computer, your iPad, or your phone. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's different. That could be. I have that version of it. Because I watch it through Prime. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you have it as an Amazon add-on. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, I was glad that it was only 99 cents. That's what they should be. That's Yeah, why not, right? An HD copy? Sure. Yeah. Looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's plenty of content out there that doesn't need to be, you know, $6 or $9. Yeah. Um, $12.99 you know. for some 30-year-old movie. Lower the fare, fill the bus. That's yes. all I'm saying. Blu-ray was like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. man. And then you own it forever. Yeah, and it's got tons of good uh, extras on it. looks really good. And a good cover on that Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was... yeah that, that's a woman from the subway. Yeah, it's uh-huh. also reversible, so you can like uh, stick on the... the oh, the... You know, refrigerator poster yeah. version. Oh, it's a couple different different ways to do it cool um so the so this one uh this blu-ray brings up a question i've had that i I keep forgetting to ask have you heard anything about the degradation of the media over time uh with discs are they supposed to just stop being you know functional pieces of media over a decade or two or are these supposed to be the last forever Uh, they they won't last forever as this uh, like any media, I mean, if you don't take care of it and you know keep it out of humidity and, and sunlight and stuff, right? Which um, is easy for you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they should. They'll, they'll last my lifetime anyway. Well, that's good. <laughs> to hell with everybody after we're yeah. gone. Yeah, uh, there's not going to be any humans left after I'm gone anyway. So yeah, yeah. World War Three will be f- oh, no no it was World War Four will be fought with sticks and s- sticks and rocks. <laughs> yes, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I'm stocking up on sticks. Yeah, you know, Trump's gonna be like, we're gonna sk- we're gonna skip right to World War Five. It'll be really great. <laughs> so World War Five, everybody. World War Five. It's better. Yeah, because it's too higher. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so. it's huge. <laughs> Anything else about Rabbit before we call it a show? I mean, before we uh, ask that question. Do we recommend it or not? Do we recommend it? A duh. <laughs> yes. A duh. Yeah. <laughs> of course we do. I so, recommend all Cronenbergs all the time. So uh, next week we're doing Fast Company. Fast. Is that the next one <laughs> in the his, line? That's his car racing movie. That's his next I haven't seen that movie. one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's not a horror movie. Oh, uh, we'll have to do The Brood again. Yeah, The Brood is the next horror movie. Yeah, yeah we did The Brood. Um, did we? Well, a I, long I time ago. I feel like we did. I don't remember doing that one. Hmm. Maybe I just talked about it. Yeah. I know I watched it. I, I, I may have recommended it. And that, could, that it. could be the case. Well, we'll have to look. Well, you said uh, a while back that we had done 
prom night, and I don't remember ever covering prom night, but... Had we? That's what you said. Because I suggested, I was like, ooh, we could watch prom night. Because Ziggy had just been talking about prom as well. Right. Prom was on my mind. Yeah. And uh, you were like, we've already watched prom night. And I was like, wow, I don't remember. <laughs> so it could be that we have just too many shows. We need to switch over to some other kind of movie, car racing movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, checking to see if there's a... Yeah, we could keep that going for a, a month or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Days of Thunder. Grand Prix. That's good. Grand Prix. Uh... I don't think this is searching properly. Or I should say, I don't think I'm, I'm searching this properly. Um, yeah, maybe we didn't do Prom Night or The Brood. I don't know what the hell no, I'm talking about. I think we've done one just about The Brood. Yeah. yeah, I think I just talked about The Brood. Hmm. And then you probably watched it. So we could. We could talk about The Brood. Okay. You're away next week? I'm away next week. Oh, okay. I won't be on the show. Damn it. Um, so, uh... Well, maybe we should... Uh, maybe we should... Uh, just play it by ear and see what else we might talk about. Or, who knows, take a week off. You could. Yeah, I don't know if I you want know, to. Man. Next weekend is the Queen's birthday. Oh. Well. So think of a horror movie with, yeah. with a queen in it? A queen a queen in the title. Okay. I can think of a few. Yeah. I was going to say, do we need to get a cake or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what we need to do is have... Um, uh, my friend Paul on the show and talk about Tremors because he doesn't really watch horror movies, but he loves Tremors. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's sort of horror adjacent. Um, and there's I'd some, say it's horror. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's comedic, but it's horror. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, we all, we all recommend rabid, but uh, do you think non horror fans can handle it? Hell yeah. Your grandmother will love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want some sort of armpit worm thing that sucks blood. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the foaming at the mouth. Oh, my favorite porno actress. Yeah. Yeah. You. you think I you... saw behind the green door opening night. <laughs> she's she's good in this. I like yeah. it. Yeah. 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 She is good. Yeah. The um the mainstream crossover stuff. I actually printed out a page, and and before we quite finish this up, um. Uh, Marilyn Chambers, uh, she claimed that Jack Nicholson and Art Garfunkel, of all people, brought her in to talk about a role in the 1978 film Going South, mm. which was um, <clears throat> something Jack Nicholson did uh, where he was some sort of gunslinger or something. Uh, then asked her for cocaine and grilled her about whether her orgasms in Behind the Green Door were real or not. Uh, she was angered to the point where she just stormed out of the interview. And th- this is what she says. But, you yeah, know, um, and she's no longer with us, so we don't know. Uh, we can't cross-examine her on this. Yeah, she died uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. and uh, To this day. <laughs> Spooky. Isn't it? Uh, also, um, she was um, going to be cast in the film Hardcore, opposite George C. Scott. But the casting director took one look at her and said she was too wholesome to be cast as a porn queen. Oh, man. <laughs> And uh, her quote was, the hardcore people uh, wanted a, a woman with orange hair who chews gum and swings a big purse and wears stiletto heels. That's such a cliche. Uh, this is something she said years later. 
So Season Hubley was cast instead. And if I remember right, that was the movie where George C. Scott plays the father of a yes. young yes. woman who's yes, gone into porn. sucked into that world and, and yeah. disappeared. And he goes, he has to dive into it and try and find her. Yeah, and probably kicks everyone's ass and shoots some people. And then, yeah, it's not really like that. It's, it's more realistic and, and... Less Charles Bronson-y? Grim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I remember him screaming, turn it off, turn it off, because they show some video of her uh, to him at the end. Oh, wow. Or at least, I think, near the end. Damn. So, uh, yeah, maybe that's one to it's watch. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's not a horror movie. No. Yeah. It's not like 8mm. No. <laughs> All right. Well, um, mm. we'll figure out what we're watching for next week in Will's absence, and uh, then then we'll get Ziggy back on the show for some more Scream movies. Yeah. And do you think we should make her finish up any Friday the 13th crap? Or did we kind of cover... <laughs> I think awesome. we, we, we got to all of them except for uh, Freddy versus Jason. She's the only one she hasn't seen. And she doesn't want to watch that till after she's seen Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. So maybe we'll revisit that later with her, but... Uh, I think her last day of school was the other day. Yeah, I haven't seen any Elm Street movies in years. Yeah. Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> because Freddie is a stand-up comedian gone wrong. We've reviewed part one and part two and the remake. Yeah. On the show, but... Yeah. Yeah, we did original versus remake, and then yeah. we did misguided uh, sequels. Yeah. 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 I want to see three again, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. All right. Well, should we call it a show? Let's call it a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Keep off the moors.